Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete Animal Communication Made Easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with pet expert Stephen May and family law attorney and newspaper columnist David T. Passara. They're the co-authors of the first book that explores the dilemma facing an increasing number of pet parents every year. In the case of a divorce, separation, or breakup, who gets the dog? What about Wally? How to co-parent a pet with your ex is part how-to and part how-not-to guide into the realities of this potentially traumatic issue. Practical legal advice and thoughtful dog behavior guidance sit alongside heartwarming real-life stories and personal anecdotes from the author's own experiences in co-parenting a pet with their exes. Welcome to the show, Stephen and David. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for having us, Mel. I'm delighted that you're here. I'm so excited about what you're doing with your book and that you, I don't know, what prompted you to write this book? We're going to find out, um, but I really love it. And, you know, I went through that myself with when I was divorced um, in 2000 and 2001. We didn't have a dog. We had cats, but I've also counseled a lot of people and worked with a lot of animals in similar situations. So I really am interested in, in what brought you to this and how it works and what not to do. Um, so let's jump in. Tell me your stories. How did y'all get into and why did you decide to write this book? So, David, <laughs> yeah, I'll start it off. <laughs> okay. um, I, I, actually, um, I actually had a divorce. I was looking for a divorce attorney um, that I obviously could relate to and have a good relationship with. And yeah. uh, David was referred to me uh, by a close friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it didn't take long. Uh, I think we connected immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, I hired David, and most of my most of my emotional well-being was not not good. Obviously, as you know, yeah. go through yeah. divorce, things it's are hard. Tough. It's very hard. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. And um, but I, I would say probably by the third or fourth meeting, um, you know, he he uh, he's so down to earth. You know, you walk mm-hmm. in there, you're greeted by his 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 dog Dudley, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so immediately. You know, I'm all over him, and I, it kind of puts mm. me at ease already. So it mm-hmm. puts me a little bit, um, a little bit calmer than I normally yeah. would go when you go when you go see an attorney. Yeah. And uh, we started, we just started talking about pets, and he said, "Look, his breakup involved it too, and you know, mm. what what do I, um, 
you know, what am I going to do? At the time, I had three dogs, two cats, one bird, mm. um, and, of course, my gorgeous little girl. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, obviously a uh, parenting plan, but uh, we had to really hone in on uh, a pet parenting plan. Mm-hmm. And I shared with them years before I had a uh, pickup and delivery, a pet ambulance service. It was called a pet limo service. They franchised it all through Southern California. Cool. And, um, you know, I would I would see, you know, my clients with their pets for, you know, usually the life of their pet, five, mm-hmm. ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember sharing stories with David how, uh, you know, I'd end up at, at one client's house where, you know, they said for me to pick up, you know, pick up their dog and take them in for boarding. And I get a call from you know, the spouse or the husband or the wife, and it was like, where's my dog? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you weren't scheduled today for a pickup. And I, I could tell I was right in the middle of a fight. Oh, crap. So I, I really have been pre-exposed to this years and years ago, and there's mm-hmm. never been really a good solution for it. So yeah. we started, David and I started talking back and forth, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? We need to bring this to the forefront. It's mm-hmm. time for a book. Yeah. And both our eyebrows kind of went, whoop, mm-hmm. and when do we get started? And that's that's really how it it uh, it began. Wow, oh, I love that. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that that is cool. And I, you know, I find that some of the best um, things that come out or come out of are born of necessity. You know, it's like you're in the trenches. You know, you're suffering through this, and you needed a guide. You need, you know, David was your guide. Um, and how brilliant of you to create the concept to help so many other people going through the same thing because so many people are getting divorced now. Did I see uh, something in the writing saying that like 70% of new marriages are failing in divorce now? That, that's kind of a rule of thumb is about 70% wow. of first marriages fail. Wow. Wow. And that's not even including, you know, if you want to really take a look at what's going on in society, Yeah. couples that don't actually get married but they right. do form a family. Yeah. So they'll get together and maybe they'll adopt a dog or a cat and then, they, you know, a year or two right. later they'll have a child. But they never actually formalize it. And then two or three years later they decide it's time for them to each go their separate ways. But they still yeah. have these long-term commitments to each other with children and pets. Mm-hmm. So those are the situations that we also wanted to address because you've got couples that form a family, but they don't actually form it legally. So how do they go about separating out their pets and their children when they don't have any of the legal rights. Right. So that's one of the reasons why the book was written, because we, we in the second half of the book, lay out a whole parenting plan that allows people who have a pet to, to address all of the issues that you're going to have as you grow and live with an animal. Mm-hmm. Everything from travel issues to medical issues, final decisions. Yeah. So we wanted it to be a very comprehensive plan, and that was one of the reasons for writing the book. I love that. It's there are so many things that can happen, and if we're not prepared and we don't know and we don't have a strategy in place, you know, contingency plans, et cetera, um, then we can get crosswise and things don't get handled properly. So what if your animal got sick, you know, or was at the end of life and and the ex made a decision without you and, uh, oh, ah, ouch, you know, that hurts. It, it, it can get bad and make things much worse than they need to be. So. Well, you know, and it's it's unfortunate because, um, you know, for me and my divorce, my ex and I have a fantastic relationship, which mm-hmm. makes yeah. everything a lot easier in terms of seeing my daughter, being with my daughter, raising my daughter, and seeing my pets, being with my pets, and sharing with my pets. Yeah. But, you know, not every relationship is like 
mine. You're yeah, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are some incredibly vindictive things that, that occur. David, why don't you go ahead and share that story? You know what I'm talking about. Well, uh, there's two really appalling stories that I have. And mm. the first one is I was representing a, a, a husband, and his wife wanted to get back at him, and she was going to use the dog to do that. Mm, crap. So she took, takes the dog, and she goes 40 miles outside of downtown Los Angeles and finds a dog shelter and drops him off at the pound. Mm-hmm. Hoping that the dog will get euthanized. Mm. Of course, the shelter wands the dog and finds the microchip. And luckily, the microchip was registered to my client. So he gets a phone call saying, we found your dog. He's thinking, what do you mean you found my dog? Mm-hmm. He goes out, picks up his dog, and finds out that his ex-wife was the one that dropped the dog off and that she wanted to get rid of the dog and she's going to use that to get back at him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the sort of behavior that people engage in when they're in the middle of a divorce. It's just appalling to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we had another case where one parent or one spouse wanted to get back at the other spouse and the dogs were these two German shepherds and they were running dogs. Mm-hmm. The guy would go running every morning with his dogs. Yeah. One morning he come, or one afternoon he comes back and finds out that she's taken the dogs to the vet and had them put down. Oh. Now if that is oh. the cruelest thing ever, I can't That's imagine horrible. it would be worse. That's horrible. That's horrible. what people do. And no, your so people see, get nuts. They just get nuts and not even thinking. And uh, I don't know. It's horrible. No, and and that's why that's why bringing this type of type of situation co-parenting is so important because we you know. Habitually, and as as experience tells us, you know the pets are always the last on the list. They're the first in the list when we're, everything is fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what are we going to do if we go on vacation? Do we take we take Wally with us on vacation? Do we put him in a boarding facility? Does he stay at our vets? You mm-hmm. know, it's the first on the list. But as soon as the relationships begin to break up or, mm-hmm. or divorce becomes final, you yeah. know, it's it's such an afterthought, and and that's why it's mm-hmm. really important. I mean, we're seeing a great reaction in the book. For even even new relationships that are beginning, not just mm-hmm. separation and divorce, but brand new relationships, because it, it does provide a very good structure. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different things involved. You never think about it. It's like if you go to the veterinarian, and um, you you know, let's say you you've had your pet for three years, so you're you have an existing veterinarian. You filled mm-hmm. out the documentation. It's under your name. Mm-hmm. You start to have a relationship. And all of a sudden, someone moves in. You're doing really great, and uh, and you start to fight with the dog. Uh, you know, and Dave, I think this is a really good point. I want you to jump in on is is legally who owns the dog, mm-hmm. and what is the court going to look at? And I don't think people think about these kind of things, whether it's the pet insurance documentation or who's right. registered on the microchip, um, that type of paperwork and documentation, those emergency numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is all addressed in the book. David, you want to kind of jump in on that? Because I think it's really important. You know, for, I do, for because it, if somebody wants to really assert their ownership interest in an animal, they have to make sure that they're registered either with the AKC or the city license. Like we have a dog license here in Los Angeles that you have to have. So that you're, you have some proof that the dog is actually yours. Okay. Because otherwise the dog is treated essentially like a television. And ah. then it becomes a question of, well, whoever's got possession has the TV. And the same thing applies to a dog that's not properly registered. Mm. So what we did, like with Dudley, he was registered in both our names, me and my ex, okay. both, both the microchip company and the city of Santa Monica, and the vets. 
so there's lots of information. So if I go into court and I try and say to a judge, you know, Dudley is my dog because he comes to the office every day. Mm-hmm. My ex can come into court and say, wait a second, that's not really true. Mm-hmm. Look at all the places where we have this dog that we share him. Mm-hmm. The judge now has to make a decision as to where it goes. Right. That's a really crucial point because sometimes you get these people who do crazy things like drop the dog off at a pound 40 miles away. Right. And you want right. to make sure that you're protected. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and yes, your animal's protected. Our animals are our fur kids. You know, they're they're part of our family. They're part of our heart, part of our life. You know, um, you may think the TV is part of your life, but it really doesn't. You know, give you the warm fuzzies <laughs> like exactly. like your dog or your 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 cat or your bird or whoever you whatever you have. Those are living beings. They're sentient. They're reasoning. You know, they they have feelings. You know, their their job and their purpose here is to help us. You know, and then to treat them like a, a TV is just—it's an—it's—it's it's not good. You know, it's bad. So. Oh, it's, and 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 after David sharing those kind of stories, I mean, it's it's actually sick what happens. Yes. Um, because but you know, people's emotions is, is far exceed what their bond really is between them and their pets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The David. The is, is that society is changing. We're becoming more aware of the emotional connection that people have to their animals. Yes. For example, in California now, animals, pets are covered under domestic violence restraining orders. Wow. So if you go into court and you have a domestic violence restraining order issued against your ex because they are either physically abusive to you or emotionally abusive to you or financially abusive to you, one of the things you can do is you can have that restraining order cover the domestic pet so that the other party has no legal right for a temporary period of time to take that dog or cat or abuse that dog or cat mm-hmm. as a way of getting back at or harassing or hurting the other res- protected party. Mm, I'm glad. It's a wonderful thing that's happened, and it's yes. a good move that we're seeing in California, and we're going to start seeing it across the country Great. if we become more aware of how important it truly is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad. Excellent. That's that's excellent. Yes, it's, it's so important. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how would we protect ourselves if we wanted custody or joint custody of the dog? Is it just that we license them or, or, or any pet? We license them with the with the city or with the AKC or with our vet or, or something like that. That's how we protect ourselves. That's the best way is to start with a governmental agency. So, okay, like in California, the, the animal shelters are run by the police department. So as a consequence of that, when you have a governmental agency like for here, it's the the Santa Monica Animal Shelter is part of the Santa Monica Police Department. When I go in and I get a license from the animal shelter, that's an official government document that says, I have an ownership interest in this pet, and so does my ex. So now we're basically making a statement that under penalty of perjury in a court of law would be viewed as, you guys own this animal together. So now mm-hmm. you need to treat it as a joint asset. And that's mm-hmm. a really crucial thing that people can do. You can go and have a pet registered with the vet. That's good, but it's not the best. Obviously, the government's the best. And then the other great way is with the microchip companies to have that registered to both names. So mm-hmm. that there's an independent third party that says, this animal is registered to these two people. Okay. So, for instance, if if you can get past the anger 
while you're going through the separation and or divorce and really sit down with your ex and say, look, you know, um, or even when the relationship is good, I think it's important that, you know, you go down to the veterinarian's office and on the client registration form, you have both names uh, on the registration form and both emergency numbers and addresses set there. Mm-hmm. And the same with pet insurance companies. Usually it's one particular person in the relationship that will contact the pet insurance company, mm-hmm. uh, fill out the documentation. Maybe it's online or they call the company directly. Right. And it's a good idea to go back and have, you know, the spouse or the ex uh, add their information because, as Dave says, it is documentation. Mm-hmm. And And if you are both mature in the breakup, and understand that the primary purpose is our pets and our children. Mm-hmm. Then you take these steps, and it's really it's really simple to do, okay. uh, and it protects yourself. And yeah. in the event really something happens, let's say that you know the dog gets out, you know unfortunately someone lets the gate open, mm-hmm. the dog yeah. runs away and gets picked up by the local shelter or pound, you know they'll wand them, and you know you're going to be grateful that they found your pet. But they have to be able to reach both parties. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. as much as you can do in terms of altering documentation, that's really important. And one quick thing, very interesting note um, on pet insurance documentation. Uh, when you, if you don't do that, and it stays in, let's say, um, one of the spouse's name only, um, there's many companies that, uh, let's say, let's say. Uh, that one particular spouse is registered with the pet insurance, but really in the end, you know, has to move away, cannot take care of the pet, and says, mm-hmm. you know, dear, mm-hmm. I want you to have um, Wally, please, mm-hmm. whatever take you over. do, take great care. But I, uh, you know, I'm moving on, and that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Um, that if 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 that ex contacts the pet insurance company and tries to put his name on the documentation, it will not happen. And if there's an existing medical condition that the pet has been um, had claims submitted for, that would be considered pre-existing. So if you buy new insurance, that might be excluded. So one of the first calls you need to make right away is to make sure that both names are on the pet insurance for not just the protection in terms of ownership, but mm-hmm. for the protection of not losing any coverage. Wow. Health and benefits. Yeah. In our book, yeah. actually, in, in the second appendix, we actually talk about how to deal with the insurance mm-hmm. on separating and, and divorcing. Ah. An article written by Embrace Pet Insurance. Mm-hmm. It's one of the ways in which we have authority in our book to help people learn what they really need to do to protect themselves. Cool. You know, it's and, like I, if I can give you a little visual. Okay. Um, within the book, uh, David and I thought it was really important to actually put a structured um, form together for the pet parenting plan. Mm-hmm. And that basically... You know, you put in your primary veterinarian's information, both parties' names, of course, uh, backup emergency contact names. Maybe, you know, we talk about a regular schedule, and you'll see an information left open from Monday through Sunday. And what is that regular schedule? Mm-hmm. You want to make, you know, you want to make sure that when you do split, there is emotional trauma that can or does uh, occur with the pet. You know, first off, one of them, at one time, the pet's moving into a new environment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, someone's going to stay, someone's going to move out. So there's new noises, new smells. They're not used to the sound. They're not used to other dogs or cats in the area. So, you know, it's really important to try and stay in as much of a regular schedule through this transition as possible. What time of the day is your normal walk? 
if you're exercising, one spouse, like David said in, the, in his situation, one spouse is a runner and one is not. Right. So the dog is used to running, so it's going to need us. So how do I how do I subsidize, let's say, that type of exercise? Mm-hmm. So that's why when you put a schedule together, maybe you can meet and maybe the dog then runs three days a week mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. with the spouse. So we yeah. really have everything there so you can really put a detailed schedule together. And I think yeah. one of the most important things is feeding because, um, you know, dogs do better, as do cats, on fixed diets. So once you have a good, well-adjusted nutritional diet, they're going to have better hair or coat, maintain their weight. Mm-hmm. It helps with their, you know, with inter- internal organs and their body functions, everything. Yeah. You change the diet because maybe one spouse says, eh, I don't, you know what, he's, you know, while he's here, I'm going to switch the diet. You know what happens? You get a nice little presence all over the household. All of a sudden, <laughs> boom, you know, the dog doesn't know what's going on. His belly's bubbling. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, one spouse says, look, I just moved in here. It's a brand new apartment. I finally have it the way I want it. Mm-hmm. And this dog is messing it up, and you start yeah. getting resentment coming from both ways. Right, that's a good so maintaining point. A very, yeah, maintaining a good diet, feeding him exactly the same time every day, whether he's at one spouse's location or the other, mm-hmm. very important. Because mm-hmm. the body has to maintain and operate on the same pattern, same time. Yeah, pattern. yeah. And it's um, not same just thing the same with time. access. Pardon? It's not just the same time. It's also the same food. Correct. When my ex and I split up, we had to share Dudley, and Dudley now had two households. Yeah. But because he was moving into a house with my ex, who was getting into a new relationship, where there was another dog in that relationship, we had to coordinate the food so that the food was the same. Everybody had to agree that both dogs were going to be on the same type of food, mm-hmm. because otherwise what happens is that the dog sees new food, and what they do is they overeat because they go crazy because it's new flavors. Yeah. So one of the things we had to do was negotiate and I had to take the position that I don't care what the food is, as long as it's of a certain quality. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you want, and we'll make it the same across the board. Yeah. And it made yeah. a big difference in how much Dudley was eating, how much weight he gained, and how happy he was. Yeah. So that's another element that has to be brought out that we cover in the book. That's and, a really that's good mentioned. point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Really good I, point. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been. David's absolutely correct. I, you know, I've got years working in. Um, pet food business, mm-hmm. uh, both providing a premium and therapeutic line of pet foods that we mm-hmm. launched throughout North America. Cool. And fixed diets are incredibly important. And, you know, you start altering the diet, and many diets are depending upon the age of the pet, uh, whether they're pediatric, adult, or senior. So changing that can really create a problem. Yeah. That's what's nice about the book. It literally lays out an area where you can write in with your ex uh, or your spouse you know, and it, it literally says it, agreements on food. You write down what the food is and the feeding times and patterns, mm-hmm. what treats you're going to give. Because mm-hmm. one, one spouse gives one treat, another one gives another, you start having the same reaction with the food. Could the be, yeah. schedule, the veterinary treatments, you know, how often, who's taking them to the vet. Mm-hmm. Shared costs, right. I think, is really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is like... Uh, you know, in the event, and you know, Val, in this day and age, something happens with your pet, one night on an emergency basis can be three to six hundred to a thousand dollars, depending on the uh, on the on the nature of the emergency. Yes. So you have to both be responsible and say, hey, how are we going to share this cost now? Are we going to put a bank account aside every month a little bit? Mm-hmm. Who's going to pay the pet insurance premium? 
things like that. So that's really important to address. And then the issue is moving away. Um, you know, there are a lot of incidences where pet parents may, all of a sudden, one is living four or 500 miles away but still mm-hmm. wants visitation rights. Mm-hmm. How do you work mm-hmm. that out? Yeah. You know, who's doing the driving? That, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's and good. funny yeah. you should mention that, Steve, because yeah. when, when Jay and I broke up, before we, before Steve and I started writing What About Wally, mm-hmm. my ex had decided that he was going to basically move to San Francisco. So he wanted to still share the dog. He wanted visitation. So I'm in Los Angeles. Jay is in San Francisco. Dudley needs to get from L.A. to San Francisco. And he was flying every two weeks, first class on Virgin with Jay. Mm. Wow. Because I said, when we, when we split up, I said, you can have as much visitation as you want with Dudley. Never going to stand in the way of that. But when he travels, he does not fly cargo. Because I didn't want him in a crate in the bottom of a plane. Yeah. Things can happen that I don't have any control over. Yeah. So Dudley yeah. ended up having to fly for a year. Every two weeks he was going out to San Francisco, first class on Virgin. <laughs> amazing how quickly this dog learned how to go through airports. <laughs> He can manage TSA like nobody. All right, I think, awesome. I think, I, yeah, I think I want to be reincarnate, re- reincarnated as uh, one of your pets. Like <laughs> royal treatment. I love it. As one of my pets. <laughs> You've got better health care. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Oh, and, you know, but you think about Val. Think about uh, you know, and what goes on on a monthly basis. You know, the yeah. flea and tick medication that maybe you're on a topical or a pill form once right, a month, the right. heartworm medication, you know, the bathing and grooming schedule. We lay mm-hmm. this all out in the book. And yeah. it's very simple. So all you really need to do is write it down, agree on it, mm-hmm. and go to town. And, yeah. you know, you just cut your, you just cut stress in your life by half. There's no yes. arguments. And who, be- yeah. yeah, who benefits? The pet benefits. Well, yeah, and if the pet's able to do their job, you know, I always say if the pet's happy, the people are usually happy, and if mom's not happy or dad, then the pet's not happy. <laughs> so, well, you know, that's very true. That's yeah. very true, Val. One of the other things that, in my experience, before we, we started writing one about Wally, and, and it had already happened, and it wasn't until I started writing that I really realized how crucial the, a role Dudley played mm-hmm. in healing the hurt that I felt mm-hmm. when my ex and I split up. Yeah. It was very traumatic, and, and I really, you know, a broken heart is a really painful thing for most people. Yes, it is. Why don't you know Because we were continuing to have a relationship around our dog, we were able to get past our anger. And he played a role of healing that I didn't realize until I started writing What About Wally? And I got about halfway through the first chapter where I talk about our story. Yeah. And I realized just how important my dog was and how happy I was that I had actually healed that relationship. Because today when I see my ex and I see him with his new husband, mm-hmm. both of whom I really like now, mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't have before. Yeah. It's because we were able to get past it. Yeah. All the hurt and the anger. Yes. Because we had to come to agreement on certain issues. And as a consequence, we're all a lot happier. And that's really the primary job of a dog. Yeah. To bring happiness to humans. And to help us heal. Exactly. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So there really are some similarities here between pet parents and the parents of children. 
because uh, I mean, really and truly, there our animals are our kids. A lot of a lot of times, and sometimes we actually have children, uh, human children, um, and sometimes our animals are our children. So there really are a lot of similarities here, huh? Absolutely. And when I'm doing a divorce, the uh, first I ask are there children, and then I talk mm-hmm. about the pets. Yeah. And I know that those are going to be the two main sticking points for most people. Yeah. Because there's so much emotion wrapped up in it. And everybody thinks that they're the best parents on the planet, and they're the only ones that can really do the job. And that's where it's like, okay, now we have to start negotiating how to come to compromise with the children and with the pets. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the you know what I've no- we've yeah. seen are around the children. Yeah. You know what I what I have noticed that's mm-hmm. really kind of neat. Um, you know, we have a very open schedule in terms of my daughter spending time with me and with my ex. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to even put it on paper. It's mm-hmm. it's day by day, and it's no worry if it runs. You know, I mean, we have a set set structured schedule, which mm-hmm. is necessary, and the court has to sign yeah. off on it. Yeah. Yeah. But what what is I really have noticed is when when our pets go back and forth, mm-hmm. um, my daughter has really stepped up to the plate in terms wow. of responsibility, taking care of them, making sure that, you know, they were fed that day, that they go mm-hmm. out for a walk because mm-hmm. daddy's coming to pick up and he doesn't want poop all over the car and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and she's you know, she's really taken a interesting role and being responsible and showing a level of responsibility for pets that you don't even consider when they're when it, when those family unit is normal and together and going yeah. on, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's given her such an in such an interesting um, view of how important pets are to making a really good extended family. You see, that's what I see where once like with David and his ex and mine with my ex and. Mm-hmm. You know that once you get past the pain, the hurt, you can work. You you actually have an extended, open family, and it right. grows. For instance, right. you know a right. friend of mine uh, just went through a divorce, had two dogs, um, and all of a sudden, um, you know they were they were sharing visitation rights with their pets, and uh, one of them wanted to bring in another dog, which is again here you go. You know, yeah. um, you know there's behavioral changes that now um, they have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, new training for that dog and the right. adjustment going back and forth and the absenteeism of the dog that's going back between spouses. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. happens is um, his ex totally says, no problem. I'll take mm-hmm. care of all three of them. I'd rather have all three dogs together here than two mm-hmm. and one. What do you feel about that? So now the family has, A, formally divorced, they had two dogs. They now have three dogs, and all three go back and forth on the pet visitation rights so they can stay together and, and stay as a family wow. and bond. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. 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 different I... from the way my ex and I handle it because they have a dog, Waffle, from huh. the new husband's prior relationship. But Waffle doesn't come with me. Only Dudley does. So right. Dudley has days where he's with me and he's the only dog in the room. Mm-hmm. And then he goes over with my ex and his new husband, and mm-hmm. he's got a stepbrother. Yeah. So th- there's all sorts of flexibility, and, and this, these are the sorts of issues that we cover in What About Wally? Right. And that people can learn about when they go to Amazon.com and they click on the Buy button and the book arrives in the mail, and they can develop an entire plan for how they're going to have their relationship be with their ex around their dog. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes so much sense to me that people would do this because it's like setting up your trust, your will, you know, your life planning, and we need to include our animals. And and it's funny you should say, funny you should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just you just gave away the next topic for our. Uh, you just gave. I should I should say you just gave away our topic for our next book. Excellent. Excellent. State planning. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. I'm going to be spending my weekends after tax season is over. (laughs) What about Wally? Estate planning for your best friend. Yep. Well, you know, we're talking about broken hearts, and you know, something I know personally, having gone through this many times, having my heart broken, um, I always find that a broken heart is a bigger heart after it's healed. And I think our animals do an incredibly good job of helping us heal. But then, like Stephen said, then you've got all this new possibility. You know, we have an extended family. We have opportunities for our children to take on more responsibility. And if we hold our animals right and treat them correctly with love and compassion and with clarity and understanding and, you know, contingency plans and all of that, then we create more sound, stable individuals, you know, we, we have better people on the planet. Absolutely. I mean, when I look at Stephen and his daughter and his ex-wife and how they've handled their situation, mm-hmm. the lesson is they're teaching their daughter is how yeah. to have a loving relationship even when you're no longer in one type of relationship and it shifts. Yes. That sort of responsibility and open thinking is a wonderful thing, and it's a great message that we're teaching children. Yeah. And we have the ability through What About Wally to teach them this is what a relationship can be and how to set it up. Well, and, you know, when we think about it, our children are going to go through this, too. You know, chances oh, are they're going to have a breakup or a separation or they're going to divorce or something like that in their life. And so we're setting a pattern for them to follow. Do we want to teach them what to do or what not to do by bad example, you know, by um, by creating a trauma that doesn't need to be there, you know? So, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, a friend of mine, my friend of mine, who is a veterinarian, they have um, five dogs, seven cats, mm-hmm. and uh, his daughter just got married. Ah. And she's moving out, and, you know, she wants two of the cats. Ah. And um, because she's, you know, every every animal has a certain bond. There's like three siblings in the family, but every animal has a certain bond and relationship with a different person. In Their the primary the purpose and being is with that person. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And vice versa. So, yeah. um, but one of the discussions, and it was very interesting, is that the veterinarian said, look, and, you know, he, he, uh, he bought the book, actually. He's selling the book at his practice. Cool. And they brought brought the book home. Yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. He brought the book home and he gave it to his daughter and he said, "Look, I need you to read this book, go through it, fill out all the information because in the event something happens, and I hope it doesn't. I hope you have marital bliss for your whole long life. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you need to be responsible for these two cats because yeah. right now, as a family, we're responsible for them as a unit. Yeah. Now you're taking these two and you're going to be responsible. So read it, fill it out." And share it with your new husband, mm-hmm. and obviously he's the veterinarian mm-hmm. um, and the, the medical practitioner for those pets. Yeah. So I think it was a, an interesting message mm-hmm. um, how as a positive family grows and a positive relationship 
um, I should say, hopefully long-lasting marriage occurs, sure. that there is still the necessity to address certain issues yeah. in the event something does happen. And I well, think that was a nice... It's just sorry, like a prenuptial ahead. agreement. You know, people can yeah. have a marriage if they've got assets and they go in with the idea that they're going to arrange beforehand so that there's no really ugly fighting on the back end. Yeah. In the hopes that it never has to happen. Well, I, you know, for me, I call that creating healthy working relationships. You know, you, you go in eyes wide open. You know, you go into this relationship prepared. You know, so, so you've discussed all this stuff. Don't you hate it when people get married or hook up and they haven't talked about anything? They have, they don't really know anything about important stuff like this about their person, you know, their partner, um, until things start breaking. And then they discover how far apart they are on so many critically important bits in their, in their, in their life. So. You can call that as, you can call that as being love is blind. Yes. When we're, yeah. when we're in love, there's a honeymoon period and you don't mm-hmm. even address these things because everything is supposed to be right. Stars yeah. in alignment, my heart's in alignment, my life's right. in alignment. Right. And then boom. And, and so if it, if it's the truth that we're in alignment in that part of our relationship, then we should also be in alignment with creating a good life plan together, which has these kinds of things in place to protect that which is important to us and our animals mm-hmm. are important. Right? No Makes sense to me. No question. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing I do when I work with people who are in this sort of situation is we always ask the animals because they need to be heard. You know, they need to understand what's going on. Why is my family breaking up? Where is daddy? Daddy's disappeared. I don't understand. Is he okay? You know, or, or, or something like that, you know? Um, I know personally when I got divorced, uh, we had been married for 17, some, almost 18 years, and um, and he moved out. I woke up one morning and he was gone. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, he found a condo apartment thing down the road, and um, one of our cats, we had two cats, uh, one was very clearly my cat. She was absolutely here for me. Um, and they got along, but they weren't really like heart-to-heart buds. <laughs> Um, the the uh, the other cat, Tuffy Tiger, um, was uh, she took on my husband George as his, her. It was like her personal mission in life was to help George, and he needed a lot of help. <laughs> just just to be honest, um, he was a professional tenor. He was high strung. He tended to be, you know, hot tempered. Um, he he needed some help, and so. He would come home from a long, busy day, you know, uh, he had a company he ran and a lot of stress on him. He would come home and he would sit down and she would beeline and get right on his chest and right curled up in his solar plexus area and she could have him out like a light within about 30 seconds. <laughs> she would do her magic, you know, and he would just chill and relax and all of that tension and stress would just melt and and then he would he would be good you know and he looked forward to his time with her you know they they really connected that way and so when he when we separated and at one point i remember he came over and we still worked together and we had other things so we really worked at keeping our relationship as healthy as possible during a very stressful time 
Um, but he came over one day and he said, you know, it's it's really hurting my heart. I I I would like Tuffy Tiger to to live with me. And and I don't know if she wants to, you know, but I, I really miss her. You know, he missed that with her. And so what we did is we talked to her and we explained the situation. I shared with her where he was living now and how much he loved her and felt like he needed time with her. Um, and we let her decide. She had a choice. You know, um, it was, I mean, when dogs are a little easier for visitation. You know, they can tend to like to travel and they like to go places yeah. and they, they're a little yeah. more up for that. Cats, not so much. <laughs> they True. don't do that as easily. So, um, anyways, it wasn't really an option for her to go visit and come back, you know. Um, but anyway, we just shared it really clear with, with her. And let her tell us what she said, what she thought. The problem was is that she was an indoor outdoor cat who found a lot of her balance and her sanity and her health from being outside a lot. Um, huh. And um, the condo place where he had moved did not allow that, so she would have to be an indoor cat cooped up in a smaller, you know, space. Um, and because of that, she voted not. She wanted to stay home where she was most comfortable. He could come over here and visit with her, you know, as, as, as he wanted to, but that also meant that they didn't do daily, you know, uh, they weren't together every day. Um, yeah. the interesting thing, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to tell the story is that, you know, we honored her, and it, and she was fine, and, you know, the cats really didn't go through a big trauma, um, about it, and, and, you know, we managed our relationship well that way. Um, but what was interesting is that after all those years and and him moving out and not receiving daily Tuffy Tiger treatments, you know, um, he wound up getting quite sick in the same area that she always used to work on him every single time for years. Um, it turned out that he had a cancer in his liver. And um, so all those years she had been helping to mitigate and heal that and keep him you know, as healthy as possible. And then when that connection stopped, um, you know, it, for, for, you know, uh, for, for what, just what happened, you know, um, sure. then, then he didn't get that kind of connection, you know. Yeah. Um, and I always found it such a poignant story and, uh, it's so interesting because it's so, our animals touch us in so many different ways and they are so important. You know, in our well, lives. you know what you raise. You raise a really good point with your story. I love your stories. There's, there is, there is such an interesting way if we open our eyes and our hearts that they do communicate very mm-hmm. directly with us. Yeah. And we have to listen. You know, I I remember um, every two weeks I picked up this one client's dog from two different households. Mm-hmm. Now I understand what happened. Before, I didn't know. In, the, in every two weeks, they were either going in for a boarding mm-hmm. or going in for their his routine bath. It was a black mm-hmm. lab named Molly. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, well, what had happened is that uh, they divorced and they were sharing the dog and either both travel because of work and they were going back and forth for boarding mm-hmm. and out of town and trips, et cetera. Yeah. But I did notice something that um, when I picked up at one location, Molly was not as happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, the tail was kind of tucked in and yeah. didn't want to leave. You know, yeah. like, 
dropped dropped her head down, pulled against me, and when I would pick up Molly at the other location, which was local here in Pacific Palisades, she was happy, her tail was wagging, she was pulling me mm-hmm. to get over to the uh, to the limo to take her to into either boarding or grooming. Right. And this went on for not too long, and I you know and it put me in a very difficult situation mm-hmm. because what do I say? You yeah. know, it's like, uh, and I could tell the dog is communicating. Yes. And on top of that, the dog, every uh, and it was every two weeks, so I could really see a difference in weight. And the dog was losing weight in one mm. um, location and gaining weight in the back and happy mm-hmm. in one and unhappy in the other. Yeah. And and I remember I finally um, I finally mentioned to the veterinarian, I said, do you notice something that's going on with Molly? Mm-hmm. Every two weeks, she's either happy or she's depressed. And, and mm-hmm. he says, you're right, because she doesn't eat here when she's here the first day. Mm-hmm. And, when, and every other week, she does fine. And I, you know, I, I talked to the owners. I said, well, I think something might, might be happening at the household. Mm-hmm. And I, unfortunately, you know, this is just part of life and being responsible. I had mm-hmm. to step up to the plate and tell both of the owners I got them on a call. I said, look, this is the situation that's occurring. Well, consequently, what was happening is there was... It was either, uh, I don't remember exactly, but either it was a child or someone else in the household that was mm-hmm. yelling at her on a consistent basis. Mm. And that's how emotional they are. They're Very. communicating. They're telling, they're telling us, hey, yeah. this is not right. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't physically go here anymore. Yeah. And they'll, instead of telling us, they will stop eating or they will yeah. scowl or vomit or whatever the signs right. are. Right. Get depressed, eat. act out, yeah. you know, um, be aggressive. Oh. It, it, it think of it from their viewpoint. They don't have, they can't speak English, you know, or whatever language we speak, you know. So they have to do whatever they can to act it out so we can get it, you know. But, but they do to try to talk to us every day, you know. Yep. And yeah. We have to be attentive enough to listen, and I think with with, yes. se- with separation and divorce, yes, uh, we have to we have to take notice that there is going to be behavioral uh, changes. Now, it is our responsibility to address those mm-hmm. um, and to deal with them. So the transition um, is a positive one, not yes. a negative one. Yes. And, and, and yeah, I was just going to say, from, from my work and my end, that's one of the things I do with my clients when they're in that situation. Because the animals, just like your children, they need to be in the loop. They need to be informed. They need to know why things are transitioning and changing. They need to know where their daddy went or their mommy or whoever, um, you know, why the children aren't here anymore. They need to understand. They have a voice. They care. They they know what they're right. here for. They know their purpose here. And if we interfere with that and don't honor them by listening and doing what we can to help them through that, then it is so hard. A lot of animals... You know, people don't pay attention. They just put them wherever it makes whatever sense. Um, and animals can actually die. They they get so disheartened. Oh, yeah. You know, they they've lost their connection with their most important person. They don't know what's happened. They're so unhappy, literally, that they can die. Um, sure. So, and that's true even with uh, people who have died. Let's say you're widowed. You know. Um, or something that an- the animals need to know what's happened, so that they can be, um, so that they can help us. For one thing, you know, I mean, if they actually know and they get it, 
Um, and they do. They can get it. They understand. They know about breakups. Right. They get that. Um, disagreements and stuff like that. And they probably know before you do that your relationship is in trouble. <laughs> By the way, uh, no, in my case, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that one. They yeah. definitely know what's going on because all of a sudden, you know, they life do. was going just wonderfully and everyone was mm-hmm. happy and all of a sudden, wow, mm-hmm. there's yelling yeah. in the household or there's slamming of the books or right. throwing of the clothes or, and they're like, wow, yes. what did I do? Yeah, and exactly. And they will assume that responsibility as they may have done something wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. They get it. They get yes. it very quickly. Yes, yes. I, I know uh, a little funny about when I was married, uh, sometimes my husband was very, he, was, he could be unpredictable. I really didn't know sometimes what he was doing or thinking. And I would actually ask the cats to go check on him and then come back and report. <laughs> so I would know, uh, is he okay? I don't know, Mom. I'll be right back. And they'd go back there wherever <laughs> he was. Um, and a little bit later, they'd come back out and they would either say, He's fine. You just need to go in and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, just he needs some loving, you know, or some attention. Or they would come back and say, I would leave him alone for a little while, Mom. I don't think it's, <laughs> he's not in a good space right now. I, That's we off couldn't, a few, couple hundred feet. Right yeah, now. I think mm-hmm. you should leave the house right now. I don't know. <laughs> so, but you, you know, I mean, they're paying attention. They're connected to us. They know what's going on in our mind and heart, you know. Um, they know. They know things we don't, we're not aware of. So it's really important to include them in your plan is the, is the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make. So. Well, I think that's where, that's where what about Wally mm-hmm. um, can, does really help in that situation. Yeah. Uh, now, if, if you can get a jump on like a prenup, yeah. that'd be the best. If you're um, going through a separation and or divorce, yeah. I can't stress enough to literally take the time, and by habit, normally, you know, human nature tells us, I'll do my homework on Sunday night, I know I have my test on Monday morning, yeah. I'll do fine. Yeah. You know, it's that mentality. But if we can, we got to jump on it and, and address these issues for our pets, mm-hmm. let's say Thursday, then when Monday morning comes around, you are prepared. Yes, uh, yeah. And it doesn't, it, I mean, it feels good to be prepared, doesn't it? I mean, oh, it's yeah. just like that, so oh, it's just clear, yeah. It's clear. Absolutely. It's easy to do with What About Wally because of the parenting plan in the book, it's literally just a fill-in-the-blank process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We made it really simple for people to have that plan in advance, in a written form. All you got to do is buy a copy at Amazon.com. It comes Mm -hmm. in the mail to you. Start filling Mm -hmm. it out, and you're done. Yeah. I want to repeat the uh, name. I think people are probably getting it, but um, the URL, your website, is whataboutwally.com. And right. yeah, and and then of course it's available on Amazon, and I'm sure wherever good books are sold. Um, so, um, is there anything else you want to leave us with today, Stephen or David? Just look for our next book. What about Wally? Estate planning for your best friend. Coming perfect, fantastic. Get back with and, me when that you know comes what? out. You're... Let's talk about that too. Absolutely, we'd love to. We'd love to chat with you on it. And you know what? Um, I, I just want to leave our uh, one one quick notation for all the pet parents out there. Okay. Um, you know, we, we all as humans um, fall into a natural uh, pattern in life. We're habitual by nature. What we mm-hmm. like, we do. What we don't like, we don't do. Right. And I can't stress enough the well-being and, like Dave said, how much healing pets will provide us. 
Mm-hmm. If we just take the time and address certain issues in terms of think of extended responsibility for our pets. And, um, you know, it, it sounds like a rude plug, but I can't stress enough because every time, and this is now my 36th year in the veterinary and pet industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't like to date myself, but I just did. Um, <laughs> but uh, I can tell you that everyone that I've come across from past business relationships and past friends, those relationships, mm-hmm. um, have a copy of What About Wally, and I can tell you how beneficial it's been for them. So yes. go up on yeah. whataboutwally.com, and I think you'd be very, very happy. Yes, I, I get it. You know, that uh, I know one thing you shared with me, our relationships with our pets have changed. They are part of our families. Um, the pain that children go through when their parents are divorcing, it's the same thing for your pets, and it's even worse because people forget to talk to them. They forget to listen to them, to honor them, uh, to know what they need and want, and, and to help them through the transition, too, because it is a big transition for everybody. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Val. This has been a wonderful experience. Thank you. I've... I so enjoy talking to you, and I'm delighted at the work you're doing. It'll make such a difference on the planet. So, well, you've to, been great, Val. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, to healthy working relationships everywhere, <laughs> broken up or not, shall we? I'll, so. I'll, I'll post that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, have a great day, and we'll look forward to hearing from hearing more great stuff from you guys. Great. Thanks, Thank Val. you again. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.